Hello, my name is Jeremy Van Andel. I'm an instructor at Franklin College, and this semester I'm starting a new series of podcasts with our contemporary marketing class. The idea is for us to explore the topics of the class through the lens of recent news stories that are chosen by the students themselves. In this first episode, um, we're definitely still trying to figure out how things work. None of us really know what we're doing, especially me. There are things that I wish I had asked about or things that I wish we had focused in on more. I definitely wish that I had talked a little bit less, but I do think it's a really good first step toward a, a vision of a class where we are really engaging with the material in a way that is special and unique and offers everybody a chance to see what the students are thinking about how they are experiencing not just the content, but the world around them. So I'm excited for where this series will go, and I hope that you will choose to follow along and show your support for uh, for these students and for the work that they do. So here we go. <music> Carter Chapel. I'm Mitch O'Mara. And I'm Tristan. Welcome, guys. So we are here to talk about entering a competitive market. Tristan, you seemed like you were preparing a definition for what a competitive market is. Uh, how would you describe it? So what I have down for entering a competitive market is it's basically when a company tries to create a product that's already been created by other companies and is thriving. So the market is thriving or the product is thriving? Uh, both, really. Okay. Anyone have some uh, uh, any additional ideas for what makes a competitive market? I think a market is kind of just like, in general, a place where goods and services are exchanged. And I think competitive is based on the productivity of the market and how thriving, like we said, it is. So I think it depends on uh, how many competitors or how many industry people like companies are in that market. So I think that mm. quantity is also to take into note there. Yeah. So it's not just about the the product or the, um, the companies that are already there, but it's a volume of companies that are already there. Sure. Yes. Correct. Yeah. We can hear your head nods on the audio. Uh, so you were all asked to bring in an example of a, uh, of a company, a firm entering into a competitive market. Uh, John, I will start with you. Uh, what did you find? So I found that uh, Chris Bumstead, he released some pre-workouts and uh, some protein powders. And his biggest competitor, I think, is Rise. Because mm -hmm. Rise has been in the business since 2017. And c he just started his in 21. But c he came out with uh, all of his in 21, and at that time he only had uh, two Mr. Olympia titles because he's a, he's a bodybuilder. Yep. And uh, 
he's actually won it five times now, and each year mm. as he's won another title, I mean his his products just go through the roof because you know every other kid in the gym wants his stuff, and yeah. they don't want just the typical rise. So, uh, hit, uh, share that timeline again. That the rise came out in. Rise came out in 17. 2017. And, and then C-Bomb came out with his in 21. 2021. And can you, uh, for people who uh, try to spend as little time in the gym as possible, mm-hmm. can you describe what the product offering is? Uh, well, so mainly what I'm trying to get out here is the pre-workouts that are mm-hmm. offered, but uh, they, they both have good pre-workout and protein powders. But for the pre-workout, it gives you just, a good energy boost in the gym, and uh, it's like a stimulation. It gives you, like, some pump, focus, and all that. And Rise, since it's been on the market since 17, I mean, it's had a lot of time to improve. Mm -hmm. But what I've found that is uh, the C-Bomb products have actually done better than the Rise has. So it's a pre-workout yeah, supplement. You, you take it before you work out. Yeah, about thirty-ish minutes. Okay. Yeah, and it helps you like focus throughout the gym. Yeah, give you the energy. So there, there are definitely more than two products in this. Oh in yeah, hundred space, right? Uh, like GNC exists everywhere. Yeah, and has been around as long as I can remember. No, oh, yeah, I can remember further back than than y'all can. Uh, what's the uh, what's the differentiation that set Rise apart? when it came out in 2017, because again, like this is not, this wasn't a new space for rise to come into. No, either. no, it wasn't. But, um, I just picked these two because they, uh, these are two of the biggest competitors in the market right now. I mean, yep. there's these two and then there's, uh, just like your Walmart brands that you can get or like from GNC. Mm-hmm. But, um, what was your question again? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what was, what was the thing that set rise apart when, when it came out in 2017? Um, I think it's, what set them apart is that he also paired with a, another bodybuilder, and mm. he was also a known influencer, uh, Noel Denzel, their, their uh, partnership in that. So I, th- I kind of think that's what set them apart. So the so Rise was also an influencer-backed product, yeah. and then the Sebum products are also influencer-backed. Yeah, the Sebum, I think, is more... Yep. Uh, influence impact because you know he's he's like way up there in like the yeah. leagues and stuff and just the Noel guy he's just a normal YouTube, like YouTuber. average yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah interesting yeah. so we will we will circle back to okay. each of the examples that that you've provided so far right. uh, Avery we haven't heard a whole lot of of your voice yet uh, what was your example um, Netflix is starting to sell a Stranger Things themed ice cream in WalMarts hmm. uh, so the what describe what's special about the uh, Stranger Things ice cream? I think the main thing that they're going for is just the fact that it's based off the TV show and it's a pretty popular TV show. Well, Netflix show, I guess, that people watch and they're hoping that that um, gets people to come in and buy their ice cream instead of the others. Yeah. So it, is it uh, is there a special flavor? Is there a special package? Like what's what's inside of it? Or is it just like vanilla ice cream with a weird package? No, they have many different flavors. I don't know the exact ones, but the only special thing really about their packaging is that it says Stranger Things on it. Mm. Uh, and uh, can you give an example of some of the flavors? 
Yeah, there's cinnamon bun bites, chocolate pudding, triple decker extravaganza, and mint flare. Are there tie-ins to the show that are included with those, like from what you found? Because none of those sound like real things from the story or the universe. Like, Yeah, no, I didn't see where there's any tie-ins and mm. I didn't like... Yeah. Like ego bites random. Been, yeah, ego <laughs> bites would have been something. Or um uh th- there was the ice cream shop in what was that, season three or season four? Like they could have done something with that. And well, I guess they are doing something with the ice cream shop, but they, like there was a, a thing that that uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. They that they are just coming kind of coming out with um they're not super basic flavors, but they're not really distinct in a major way. Right. right. It's kind of like yeah. similar to what you would see yeah. from other brands. Sure. And uh, what are some of the other brands of uh, ice cream that you could pick up in the store? Um, like the Ben and Jerry's, Baskin Robbins, Bluebell, and Grater's ice cream. Yeah. So not an uncompetitive space. No. Um, and this is uh, this is fun because we. Uh, there is actually a, a dedicated market for this. It's novelties. And the like graders falls into that category. Ben and Jerry's has a ton of um both special flavors, but then celebrity endorsed ones like Stephen Colbert has one. Jimmy Fallon had one for a while. They'll rotate in um other uh brands and partnerships um for for their seasonal things, for special things. Um is is there any indication on how the Stranger Things ice cream is selling so far. I didn't really look into that, to be yeah, honest, so okay. I'm not sure. Okay. Tristan, what did you find in, in your research? Uh, so I researched the company Prime. Uh, it was created by KSI and Logan Paul. They both started off as really famous YouTubers, and mm-hmm. then obviously uh, Logan has gone on to do other things such as UFC, uh, WWE, uh, boxing, just pretty much anything you can think of. So that's really what their main marketing approach has been is just using those two big influencers and yeah. pushing their product. Yeah. And this was after they got kicked out of Japan? Uh, yeah, yeah, a few <laughs> years later. I think pretty much everyone yeah. kind of forgot about that. Yeah, so. yeah we've moved on. Yeah. Uh, so describe what Prime is for people who uh, uh, either don't have kids at home or uh, are outside of your age bracket. So Prime started off as just a, like, sports hydration drink, and then they kind of moved into the energy drink uh, industry as well. So right now that's their main two things is creating uh, the hydration drinks and the energy drinks. Me personally, I drink a lot of the energy drinks more than I do the hydration drinks. Hmm. So they they are pre-packaged in the stores, or you can buy the powder sticks. I don't know if they have the... Uh, like uh, anything else other like a jar or like um, or a container like Gatorade does that you can mix your own at home or drip in like um, the flavor packets. Is it just the either you buy the bottle or you buy the little packets of powder? Yeah, you, there's bottles um, and then the energy drinks come in a can, but I think they also have the uh, packets as well that you yeah. can buy. Okay. And uh, this is, again not an uncrowded space. There are tons of uh, both flavored waters, uh, hydration products, uh, like um, uh, liquid IV. I don't know if that is uh, mass market. I'm seeing your kind of head nod. It's in Walmart. 
It's around. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then um, you have the obvious ones like uh, Powerade, Gatorade, um, vitamin water still kicking around. Like what's the, what's the thing that set Prime apart? So the thing that set Prime apart is they were almost completely endorsed by uh, celebrities. So that's what has been their main marketing approach is yep. they've been able to use that, the, which really blew their company up. And as well as just uh, already, they've only been around since 2021 and they've already like the main drink of UFC. Um, they have a bunch of other insane partnerships like this early into their career. So I think yep. that's what's really set them apart. Yeah. Uh, what, um, besides Logan Paul, who are some of the celebrities that have signed on? Uh, KSI, he was one of the main founders. He was a YouTuber. Dana White. Um, it's UFC, correct? Yeah, he's, yep. he's like the GM of UFC or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then also I think they've done stuff with the Nelk Boys. I don't know if you know who that is. I have no idea who that is. They're like a really, <laughs> really popular, like, group of guys who does YouTube as well. Is that like along the same line as like a uh, dude perfect or is it more like uh, they're more geared for like the college aged fraternity dudes if you're getting gotcha. drift. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit uh, above PG 13 yeah. rating. Okay. Yeah, for cool. sure. Yeah. Um, so the uh, they come into a, a very crowded market Um like my kids were immediately aware of it. Um, and we now use it as a bargaining chip in our house. Like you can have prime in your water today. If you actually get dressed this morning, the, uh, does, does the, does the brand offer anything that is special, unique, different that, um, that let's say a Gatorade or a Powerade doesn't offer and factoring out the energy thing, because it's kind of, like, I mean, you're adding caffeine to, to a water supplement. So what's the, like, is there something special about the product that besides the endorsements? Not really. I mean, it's just basically another sports drink that people can buy. So yeah, the only thing really special about them is obviously the endorsements yeah. that they have. My, my son turned eight in November and we spent the better part of three and a half weeks trying to track down uh, enough bottles of Glowberry so that every one of his friends could have a bottle to take home. It was like, yeah, it was a whole thing. Uh, Mitch, you are last up with your story. What'd you track down? Yeah, so I'm going to take a little different approach. So I was able to find uh, uh, an article kind of about 10 companies that have not only entered a competitive market, but kind of revolutionized the market in a different way. Um, so one of my takeaways was just a lot of companies entering competitive industries don't end up where they might think. Uh, my first example I had was Amazon. Uh, they started as a book distribution or like essentially like they sold books. Yeah. Online bookstore. Yeah. And now they obviously dominate the e-commerce industry. Um, also had Starbucks when they entered the industry, they only sold coffee beans and coffee machines. They didn't, they didn't even sell coffee. So I think that a lot of these, these companies are able to, uh, adapt and innovate over time. Uh, obviously, these are kind of older, but I just found it interesting that a bunch of these power companies like could have crashed like 40, 50 years ago at this point, some of them close to 100, uh, but they're the biggest names that we see around in the business world right now. Yeah. So <clears throat> um, Amazon came in 
And there were other booksellers, but they were the first to really do it well on the internet, uh, which is a, a product differentiation that is uh, a little bit different from like a, uh, a water or a supplement or a, an ice cream flavor that like you, you wouldn't go to your neighborhood bookstore or at the time a Borders or a Barnes and Noble and see Amazon next door. Like you had to go somewhere to get, uh, Amazon existed in a different space. Is there a, a counter example of another firm that you can think of who has come into the e-commerce space and specifically something around like what, uh, what Amazon sells and has had some success? Um, I don't know a specific firm, but like, I think that just viewing it from the perspective of another company, it could be super easy to see Amazon success and say, we can replicate that. Um, we have distribution centers and ways to ship these products. And I think that especially as Amazon was really taking off and there wasn't like a ton of competition that there were probably a bunch of industries that tried it. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of specifics, I'm not sure of a specific yeah. company or organization. Yeah. I think uh, Chewy.com might be a, uh, a decent example of a place that came in and said, like, we're going to be the Amazon of pet supplies. Um, do I'm going to ask this question and then we'll come back to it. So you have a couple of minutes to think about it. Do you think that there are any potential places in the market where uh, for e-commerce generally where uh, Amazon could still face some competition? Like if somebody new came in or is there a new idea from the last two or three years that has kind of taken some of Amazon's power away in a, in a specific market? I'll give you a second to think about that and come back to it. For the other three, um, you, you all chose products that are more or less like novelties because of a property that they are tied to. So uh, are there, uh, what's the value that's being created for people um, by attaching to either a name or an, a, a piece of intellectual property? Well, I think uh, for like these novelty things, it kind of goes back to stuff we've talked about in class, which is people are uh, influenced by two things, and that's uh, sex and social status. So I think, uh, like especially going along with Prime for the younger generation, I think people will just carry around a Prime bottle just so people see them with a Prime bottle, like, I think that's one of the main reasons people drink Prime and use Prime. Like, I personally think, like, the energy drinks are actually, like, my favorite energy drinks. But also, at the same time, I could see people seeing, like, Alani and Prime tasting the same for them. But they just want to carry a Prime around because their friends are going to see them with a Prime or mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. I agree with that. <laughs> like, uh, wi within the supplement space, like, could you... Uh, there's a, there's an example that I'm working toward, but the, um, could you see someone like carrying the products, like even products around, even if they don't use them or like keeping an Absolutely. empty container or something in their, uh, in their locker or in their bag? Absolutely. Yeah. Because I mean, it goes along with the prime thing. Uh, I've, I've noticed in the gym, uh, people with like a sebum tub of pre-workout, you know, mm -hmm. kind of act like. You know, the social status thing. Yeah. It's, uh, 
they, I don't know, they feel cool with it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> really. Yeah. But, um, uh, what was I going to say? <laughs> totally just lost my train of thought. Yeah. We can come back. Um, uh, Avery, what's the, uh, what's the value that's being created? Like, so I'm not really sure what the value is because it's different than like carrying something around. Personally, I don't see people carrying a tub of ice cream around everywhere they go. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of just like, oh, I really like this show. So I want to say, hey, I have the Stranger Things ice cream. Yeah. Is is there a way that you could show people that you have the Stranger Things ice cream? Yeah, people would probably post it on their social media and stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a way to show your connection. You are providing the world with an insight to who you consider to be your in group. Uh, John, did you think of the thing that you were going to say? Uh, no, (laughs) that's okay. (laughs) So, um, with, with all of these, um, the, I, I think probably one of the best examples of a product coming into a competitive market in the last five ish years is liquid death that nobody was asking for a revolution in water. And what the, the guy who founded uh, Liquid Death saw was that at um, like uh, concerts and uh, specifically like punk shows and stuff like that, that uh, musicians were buying a can of Monster, pouring it out and filling it with water and then drinking from those on stage. And it was entirely about the perception of I am drinking monster on stage and that's how I have all of this energy and look at me, I'm successful. And all of you are screaming my name as I'm up here. And like there wasn't a drop of energy drink in that can. And he just realized like, this is an opportunity and created a multi-billion dollar water brand. Like who, who, who would have cared that there was a, uh, a, an opportunity there for, um, for a new way to drink water, but here we are. And it is, uh, it is entirely around the image and, uh, and setting up the, um, the identity that goes along with it. You're kind of identifying with your, you're buying the social status product and you, you want to be seen with, with that product. And uh, let everyone know that you've got it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Mitch, did you uh, come up with a uh, an example? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I'm pretty passionate about, like, shoes and hype clothing mm-hmm. uh, markets and industries. That's kind of, like, yeah. what I like to look at when, I, and when I'm not doing a million other things. But uh, so I think that Amazon, I wouldn't say that they're at risk of being overtaken because they don't really have this supplement already um and i think it's hard because a lot of the shoes and clothes that i'm talking about like sell out on releases so there's Mm -hmm. limited product so i think it would be hard for one company to have the consistent product available for constant consumers Mm -hmm. but i do think that that is one of the the industries in which amazon kind of doesn't have a whole lot of power and control and is the shoe and clothing industry yeah uh, I'll open this up for, for anybody. Is there a, uh, a clothing fashion, whatever brand that has kind of come into the, to the spotlight in the last couple of years? I would say, uh, maybe not the last like three or four years, but I think in the last decade, you've really seen Lululemon take off, uh, especially for me. Cause 
Ivan have some now, and uh, thanks to my girlfriend, I can say goodbye to more money than I should. But uh, I think that, and they also to talk about competitive market. That once they started growing, I, they tried to uh, release a a body a body mirror, and mm-hmm. that was kind of a product that failed for them. And uh, I know they're taking big losses in that sector. Uh, but I think that Lululemon is one of the brands that has really grown in the last 10 to 12 years. Yeah. They they found a way to um, make their clothes part of something intangible. Um, what, what do you think that Lulu was really trading on? Because the product was comparable to a lot of other things. I think their, like, value proposition was, like, it's luxury clothes that look casual and it's also like we were saying earlier like a status thing like especially like when i my girlfriend when she started getting lulu she's like oh i've got to get this lulu because nobody else has it and mm-hmm. then like she you know she's buying me lulu stuff she's like no but no other guys are wearing lulu so you're gonna be like <laughs> awesome and be like it's okay cool and yeah. but then actually it was really comfortable like yeah my Lulu joggers are my most comfortable pair of joggers I have, but they're also like $80, so yep. yeah, there's kind of that trade-off. Yep. I was going to say, Lululemon is more like a comfortable gym clothes. I th- is That's how hmm. I see it. But um, it's really, I think, more of a status thing, in my opinion, because I know my girlfriend, she she likes to get her Lululemon stuff <laughs> too. So Yeah, yeah it's a, there is an identity that's created as part of it that, um, it, <clears throat> and maybe less so now, but definitely when it started, it was like um, we we are creating a product that tells the world that you do yoga. And not just that you do yoga, but you do yoga in uh, expensive places. If you were to um, take, I mean, for, for each of your categories and you were coming up with a, a new product, um, are there... Are there strategies that you could recommend for somebody who is considering uh, launching a new product in any one of these spaces that could help it to stand out? This is without using a celebrity? Or at at the very least, not using it in the same way. I think one way, like in in my situation with like pre-workouts, coming out with like flavors that you've never heard of. I don't know, some, some flavors that have wild names that dr- want to, mm. that drag people in that want to try it, you yeah. know, and uh, you, you know, you don't necessarily need an influencer for that. So I think just like a wild different names, I don't know. Yeah. Might. So, so a little bit on the product that you have a different flavor uh-huh. and then a little bit on the promotion that yeah. you have a different name attached to it. Mm-hmm. I genuinely have no idea. What are some common flavors for supplements? Well, for like the Chris Bumstead flavors, he's got peach bum, dragon fruit, uh, blackberry lemonade, or like for Rise, they've got some. Uh, they've got some weird ones. I didn't. I didn't write down the names mm-hmm. of them, but I know they've got a little bit of some weird ones. But it's kind of basic flavors, really. Yeah. Just the names, but with Seabum, his is kind of unique because he's got Lisp. Mm. So his is called Favage Workout <laughs> <laughs> or Favage Pre-Workout or his, like his protein powder is, is Ithalit protein. The, 
em- embracing a uh, like what you might call an imperfection mm-hmm. is like a, a really good standout strategy. Um, but it, um, what do you think might might work? Because these you're not talking about shakes, right? Like this is mm-hmm. a water. Like you mix it into water, and then yeah, you the, like you talk about the pre workout. Yeah, yeah, you just get probably 10 to 12 ounces of water and you get a scoop of the powder and put it in there and shake yeah. it up. Yeah. So it's uh, like, I don't know, a peanut butter flavor might be kind of weird in that would, yeah, that'd be you know, very weird. <laughs> <laughs> in a basically, yeah, a, a very, very liquid substance for, um, a, for a protein powder. Yeah. That'd be yeah, fine. amazing. But right, for that, pre-workout. Powder, yeah. Yeah. So, so something that helps the product itself to stand out, not necessarily the like, who's behind it, but just to make it kind of weird. stand out more. Yeah. yeah. Have yeah. like a unique name to it. Kind of like he did, but like yeah. in the flavors of the pre-workout. Yeah. Yeah. Every, what do you think? I think kind of going off of the pre-workout um, for ice cream, you need more unique names specifically and flavors because like, obviously the stranger things, it's great, but like they're also coming out with their last season. So after, their last season drops, like, it might not be as popular anymore, and then you are losing your market. So you really need to focus more on, like, the flavor. Even, like, ice cream, I feel like all ice creams have different consistencies, so, like, Mm. the consistency of the ice cream. Yeah, so coming back to to product again, that you you need the the contents to be different. Yeah. Yeah. Justin, what do you think? Is there is there a way that somebody could uh, to enter a new market without an influencer attached? Um, honestly, like while I was doing my research last night, this is one statistic that popped out to me. Um, so in the global data quarter three, 2023 global consumer survey, they asked a question that uh, how many consumers think that endorsements by celebrities are essential? And 41% of people said they believe it is so. I think especially in the way like all markets are going right now, especially in like the drink industry or the energy industry, it would be very difficult to do something different that people already haven't done without having like a celebrity attached to you. Do you think that that is going to continue for a long time? And if, if your answer is yes, what do you consider to be a long time? Uh, Yeah, I think it'll go on for decades. Like, I think people can look at what KSI and Logan Paul have done at creating this multi-billion dollar industry, not industry, but product, um, that anybody could do it. Like, imagine if Taylor Swift came out with a drink. Mm -hmm. Like, do you know how much that would sell just because people just want to have, like, a Taylor Swift drink? Like, Mm. I think any celebrity could come out with, like, any A-list celebrity could come out with a product like this, and it would blow up as long as they have the right team around them. Mm. Uh, Mitch, uh, to to you, um, similar question. Um, beyond um, beyond fashion, and like you said, choose huge resale market. Like we have an alum who just opened a uh, a resale fashion boutique in Terre Haute. Um, the uh, and, and focusing on shoes and, and streetwear. Is there another space that is potentially like a way uh, to get in? and stand out from the other e-commerce giants? Or is there a shortfall that Amazon has that someone could exploit? Uh, you're the Amazon whiz. Uh, my mom would know more about the <laughs> Amazon. Um, 
Uh, I was prepared for another question, but sure. Yeah, uh, uh, I was gonna like go off of what like they have recommending. Obviously, it's harder for e-commerce. I think mm -hmm. like to enter the e-commerce industry, if you if you wanted to, you would have to have just some of everything. Like Amazon's got every product that you can even think of. It's kind of hard to match at this point. But if yeah. you were to enter, like you'd have to be prepared with an unbelievable amount of product and be able to move it out in comparable times. So like you'd, you'd have to have a, a super company before you could even. Yeah. To have a, like a yeah. tremendous infrastructure yeah. there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, thank you for, for your research. Uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. So I was actually wrong on a couple of things. Um, Rise actually was created by one person, not with the influencer. It was created by uh, Nick Stella. Okay. And the influencer came along a few years later, later, which helped a lot. Yeah. In the in the so later down the road. So Rise still founded in 2017. Yes, it was founded in 2017 by one person, and uh, the C bomb. He's actually with Raw Nutrition, but uh, he came in and made his own line. Gotcha. So he made that line yeah. of so, of yeah. Raw. Yeah. And the when did the influencer come in for Rise? Uh, well. They picked up a few just throughout mm -hmm. the years, but as uh, more towards like 21, 2-ish. Okay. Yeah, and, so uh, right about the same time that the, the sebum line would have come out. Like yeah. kind of, they were either trying to one-up the other one or copycatting, like some, something happened K there. Kind of, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, uh, one for for the update. Like that, yeah. that is actually really, really good context for the rest yeah. of the conversation. Uh, thank you for your research and for being guinea pigs on this uh, first recording. Mm -hmm.